It's a good reference. <laughs> Do it live. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Same Fourteen Project Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sentinel Dan, and with me, as always, the boys are back. Uh, we got Dr. Goku, Hatchy Dave, and uh, Average Joe. What you all been up to and what have you all been playing? What about you, JL? Uh, been playing a lot of uh, Solstice of Heroes and dealing with a infestation of chinch bugs. <laughs> They're little bastards. This whole town's <laughs> infested. Yeah, the whole city's in- infested and it, it's, it's real bad because we've been having a massive heat wave and drought and they're overrunning the entire city. Ouch. Scary movie. No, yeah, it, it kind of makes you think you're going psychotic and having a psychotic break. Kind of oh, seeing man. the grass moving with so many uh, ginger bugs. But yeah, so that was a fun weekend. That's <laughs> awesome. Dave. How- hence, hence the stuff behind me. <laughs> <laughs> hence the stuff behind you. Dave, how the hell was Puerto Rico? Awesome. Yeah. It was great. Uh I explored more than I usually do when I went this time and uh, got to see the family. I had not been there in like five years. So I know oh. me and uh, me, me and Joe kept seeing all the um, pictures she kept posting. We we kept like texting each other. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's beautiful over there. So no matter where you snap, it's, it's going to be pretty. I didn't even know you were in Puerto Rico. I thought you were just posting just random pictures of like a resort or something like that that you went to once. And it was like, oh, that looks nice. And it's like, when the hell did you go to Puerto huh? Rico? Well, well you <laughs> you go back like every year or two. Isn't that right? Try to. But uh, the last, I think it's been like four years before I was able to make it this time. And it was kind of a surprise. I was supposed to just send my kids and they were going to hang out with grandma. But uh, my Sister surprised me with uh, getting my ticket to go all together. So, Aww. oh, it's awesome! Oh, that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how, how about you, Joe? What you been up to? Not much. I was on vacation, visited some family down in Maryland, and uh, I've been playing nothing but Destiny. And nice. I'm loving it. Grinding on some Solstice gear and got the Whisper and uh. I actually just switched. Uh, I no longer write for Destiny Tracker. I now uh, am a proud community writer for Planet Destiny. So that's super exciting. Hell yeah, man! That's awesome. That's awesome yeah. for you on the Switch. Nice. Yeah, I have actually almost exclusively been playing uh, No Man's Sky. Really? Um, that was the update. Oh my! Well, see, I didn't have it before the update. Okay. So they put it on sale uh, on PlayStation, at least on the PSN store. They put it on sale for like 55% off or something like that. So, uh, you know, my, my my old D1 boys were all playing it. You know, Bennett, Flank, Raging Cajun, um, uh, a, bu- a bunch of the other guys. And so I was like, yeah, I'll pick it up. And uh, man, I love it. It is. <laughs> it's gorgeous game. Um, I, I think like the past we can have two weeks. It's pretty much the only thing I've I've have been playing. 
Um, but with the update, uh, you know, they, they had a, a bunch of uh, quality of life improvements from what I understand. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that because I think we're going to talk about that a little bit in the gaming news. Um, but we are not alone. Um, we have a guest. Um, if you know the project, you probably heard about this dirty hunter we know. He is also a fellow uh, Boston Red Sox fan. Boy, uh, everyone, Chris three seven one one. What's going on, Chris? What's up, Chris? Uh, how are hey, you? Chris? One Welcome. important question before we get into the serious stuff: Does anyone know who's number one in the AL AL East right now? I'm not following it this year, but I will tell you, you know who is really glad he's not the oldest fat on the podcast this week? It's Dave. <laughs> is still me? Oh, I was, say, I was saying you're glad that you're not the oldest one on this week. I am truly the oldest one, <laughs> but it's the Red Sox are in first place. So um, It's not the Blue Jays. I don't care. Stop it. Well, then you will never care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Chris, uh, we know you, most of the people who know about the project know you, but why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what got you into gaming, and um, what um, got you attracted to the same 14 project, and uh, how are you involved with it? Uh, Well, as far as gaming... uh... I always uh, dabbled, I mean, all the way back to the original Nintendo. Um, but then I'd say it was probably about eight, nine years ago. Uh, I actually fell 16 feet off stage, and so I was severely injured and was stuck on the couch for a long time. And I ended up uh, picking up uh, Killzone. Oh, old school. The first, one, the first one? Uh, two. And then two, yeah. Oh, two was good, actually really good. <clears throat> and I met a few people online, and which I was like so amazed that this multiplayer thing was going on, <laughs> and I had somebody to talk to while I was stuck at the house by myself. And uh, I forged a lot of great uh, friendships through uh, my clan uh, at the time, Axit. <clears throat> uh, kind of just snowballed from there, and. Uh, a lot of us stuck together for, you know, today I still play with them. So, so That's some awesome. of us go back nine years. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. And uh, as far as I think how I connected with you guys was um, was watching um, uh, YouTube videos and everyone had this, you know, Twitter and that's how <laughs> they were connecting and sending messages. I, I never did any social media. And, and I think I happened to post something or I liked, uh, I think it was the first stream you guys did. And um, you ended up reaching out about my son. And I was like so impressed and amazed that somebody even responded to something that I wrote or whatever. But never mind the, uh, the kind words. And uh, I just started following you and got involved, uh, you know, hung around the stream. And... Uh, you know, one thing led to another, and it's something passion that I, I you know, I believe in passionately because uh, I've always suffered from anxiety. But my son has severe anxiety and uh, depression, and uh, you know, I do a lot of education stuff with him and uh, support him as much as possible. 
Uh, so this has all been fantastic for me because, you know, I learn from you guys every day and uh, means a lot to me. Honored and humbled, you know. Well, awesome. Dude, we're so lucky to have you. I mean, you were, Very. you've been so interactive with the community. And, uh, when you first came on the stream, uh, in the chat, I mean, you were so active. And then you came into the Discord. You were always, you know, there for people. You were giving support even w before we, uh, brought you onto the project team with us you were just always very supportive and that's a great um you know personality trait right there being able to uh speak publicly with other people and uh we're real lucky to have you man we're real lucky to uh have you as one of our ambassadors with the project i, mean, I appreciate that you're like everywhere yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just I try to talk to people as much as possible because uh, especially it was something I learned more. Um, I think more with my son was, um, you know, the biggest problem. He didn't know how to express himself and he didn't have an avenue to um, or mm -hmm. an outlet to go to that could work or could help him. Uh, so when when I started getting involved and I. You know, I saw what was going on. I, you know, the first thing I said to myself was, you know, this might have saved him a lot of trouble and we may have avoided a, you know, an incident that had happened uh, in the past. But I've always been kind of been that way. People all my life, for some reason, have always been attracted to me. They come to me for help or advice or place to live, the whole nine yards. So. <laughs> Well, 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 that, that shows very easily, you know, I mean, like, like when we get someone new into the, uh, discord, I, I feel like you're the guys from, uh, blues brothers where you it's just like, we're on a mission from God, you know, like <laughs> right up to him. You're very personable. And I know you got your own, um, contentions about yourself, but, uh, we are, we're so lucky to have you. I, I mean, I tell everyone I'm not a professional, but what I try to bring is just, um, uh, real life experience. I've, I've lived through a lot, uh, not a lot of easy stuff to deal with. I tend to be a little bit older than the community that we deal with. My right. son's, the gap's not too far. Right. So, so I, I think that's why people a little bit, um, cause, you know, I'm just, just one of them. That's the way they view me. And sometimes the best thing is, is real life, you know, trial and error. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that, there, there's one thing that everyone who's involved with the project, all of them have one thing in common, and it's so basic. It's just that they care. They give a damn. Um, but that, that's what it all comes down to. I mean, there's some of there's some of us here that are mental health professionals. There are some of us that here that are, you know, content creators or whatever people that are just here for one another. But at the end, at the end of the day, we, we just care, you know. Yeah. Um, but we are super excited that you are here. Um, Thanks. But let's uh, roll along. And for a mental health organization shout out, I have a um, an interesting organization. They're called uh, BasicNeeds.org. Their um, is on like is to have a global reach to mental health. You know, their mission is you know, to enable people with mental illness in their families to live and work su successfully in their communities uh, by combining health, socioeconomic and community oriented, oriented solutions um, 
you know, between policies, practices, and, you know, trying to help people financially. So, you know, they, you know, I think it's one in four people in the world are affected by mental illness, the, the global statistic, but um, they're a really neat organization. Uh, you can catch them uh, online, their website, basicneeds.org. And there are different ways to get involved. You can just straight up donate money. You can donate your time. You can uh, donate your story, someone that's been affected by mental illness in whatever country that you originate from. But no, I just think it's a neat organization that's not just you know centric to the the Western Hemisphere. They, they're they're helping bring stuff like mental health to uh, third world countries, which is kind of where their bread and butter. You know where they're trying to direct most of their assistance to. You know when we think about some of these. Uh, places in the world that are, you know, not as well off as places like the United States or Canada. Mental health is so far down that list in uh, mm-hmm. what is needed. You know, of course, they're they're thinking about, you know, safety and security. They're thinking about food. They're thinking about water. They're thinking about education. But, you know, mental health, you know, quite often. It's you know, really low I mean, on the list. On the list here in the United States or up in Canada, you know, <laughs> which is sad. And, you know, you can only imagine how much further down the list it is in places like the Congo or, you know, uh, Sierra Leone or something like that. Um, so, you know, I just think it's that's a, a, a neat little organization. And, you know, they're on Twitter and Facebook and Indeed and all that too. But, um, yeah, it's just go to basicneeds.org. And if you want to um, get involved, there's plenty of links there and lots of information. And the, their resources tab is is pretty cool, too. They got publications on there. Um, you can see all their annual reports for, you know, where your money goes to and stuff like that. But I thought that was neat. So I figured we could feature, feature it this week. It's a great organization. Uh, That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I... I'm thinking maybe in 2019, why don't we try and do something for basic needs? I think we could fit that in next year. Oh, for sure. Yeah, sure I think it'd be really cool. Um, we're going to uh, hop on our Segway scooter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken Hall. Um, we're gonna <laughs> what kind of topic we got this week? Um, Goku. We're going to talk about mental health and families and friends, aren't we? Yeah, uh, you had mentioned uh, this particular topic on dealing with ones uh, that do have a uh, mental health issue, but certainly with ourselves, if we are helping someone that has a mental health issue, because oftentimes never really looked after, or they never really talked about uh, the person that has the focus is the person that does suffer from the mental health issue. So a lot of people will know, have known or do know someone close to them that suffers from a serious mental health issue. We talked about one in four people will have suffered considerable anxiety or depression at some point in their lives. But we don't really talk about the more chronic aspect. So I wanted to do things a little bit differently for this one. Since we are a podcast that does focus on mental health, I wanted to kind of throw the questions off to you guys in terms of what were your your questions revolving of around care or uh, how someone should uh, really deal with someone that has a mental health issue. Well, I, I I guess for me, I mean that's it's so wide and varied because 
what to do. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but what to do, there, there's no generic what to do, what not to do, no. because they're the, the different, um, you know, types of illnesses, disorders mm-hmm. and afflictions are so wide and varied. So it's, you know, what, what you would might do to respond to someone with, um, you know, general anxiety disorder or someone who experiences anxiety often, um, might not be the same thing you do with someone per se, like who has intermittent explosive disorder or borderline personality. It's true. The family and loved ones are a key part of what's called a mental health treatment team. We often see mental health treatment teams where it be a doctor, a nurse, a psychologist, psychiatrist. But oftentimes we overlook friends and family and the impact that they have. One thing that we have to ask the question is, who's taking care of you? While you're taking care of a loved one, we often never really take care of ourselves. And this topic kind of falls really well because I I had a client today uh, that I've been seeing for uh, since December of last year, so December 2017. And his son suffers from schizophrenia. His son is still relatively young. He's in his 20s. He's having a hard time really dealing with diagnosis and actually following his medication. So unmedicated, not really wanting to really take care of himself. And his father was burning himself out trying to do everything in his power to save his son. And the reason why he came to see me is on one day, he found his son laying on the floor after an attempted suicide. That was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Seeing his son's lifeless body on the floor, he had a hard time coping with it. And this is to say that he has dealt with his son for the past... 12 or so years of having these difficulties. So it's important for my client, other people to realize that it's important to take care of themselves. And one thing is accepting your own feelings and know that you're not alone. So it's natural to feel many different emotions when a loved one is diagnosed with a mental illness. Other people experience the same challenges and complicated of complication of mixed emotions, just like you may be having. So it's important to let yourself feel whatever you need to feel in this moment. The second part is to educate yourself, being able to learn more about what that particular mental illness is being able to understand what a loved one may be experiencing. Well, I mean, like, I mean, for example, like I would say two of the more, more common afflictions that you're going to see is people with experiencing anxiety and people experiencing depression. I have found in my experience, like I, you know, I, I've loved ones in my life that, you know, go through bouts of uh, depression. You know, number one, I, w- I would definitely recommend if, if you know someone who's dealing with depression, uh, educate yourself on what it is. Because you, you, I mean, it's, it's like if, if, if your kid needs to know trigonometry, 
and if, if you don't know anything about trigonometry, you can't help them with this homework, you know? So then just re- reminding them that, you know, Hey, you know, this, you know, for this example, depression is a medical condition. It doesn't mean you're a weak person. It's a medical condition you're going through at this particular time. This will pass. But, you know, I think, um, you know, this goes back to what uh, when we had Dr. Scarlett on a while back that, um, you know, it goes back to educating people on what mental health is and um, educating, you know, in educating yourself. If you have a family member or loved one that um, has a mental health condition, you got to educate yourself on what that mm-hmm. uh, condition is and you got to take care of yourself. You know, it's very similar. I throw a corollary to it with the, the you know, Al-Anon, the, it's a 12 step program for family exactly. members of, of, of alcoholics who go through Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, just cause your husband, wife, son, daughter is an alcoholic in there. Um, that doesn't mean you don't need help too. Cause the illness, while it does affect the person that does suffer from it, affects the entire family and the loved ones around them depending on the mood, depending on if there are explosive behaviors, there are multiple factors. And it much wears down closest to that person because they care so much. Definitely learning more about the disorder, staying connected, being aware of what the other person may be going through, uh, embarrassment, the social stigma, the fear can come from family members knowing what's going on or people outside. So understanding what the other person may be going through. For yourself, joining a support group may be very important as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being able to talk with people that are going through the same things as you are. Time for yourself. talked a lot on this podcast about self-care and how important Mm -hmm. it is. And we're the person that gets forgotten. And there is a crisis, there are be done. We put our own well-being aside, but the more we do that, the more it wanes on us. So going back to my client, such a long time, his entire life was making sure his son was okay, making sure his son was safe. He pretty much lost who he was, what he liked to do, thing revolved around the illness. Seeking help yourself. So seeking out therapy, uh, talking to friends, and developing coping strategies for more challenging behaviors. So there are times when a loved one will show strange or challenging behaviors that can make you feel confused, embarrassed, scared, worried, uh, a a numerous amount of emotions. This can happen in numerous places as well, where it be public, social functions, at home. So it's important to understand and having coping strategies to how to best deal with these situations if they arise. Setting up healthy boundaries. We talked about boundaries for certain things, and we talked about uh, a borderline personality disorder. Uh, it is something we're going to be touching on in a coming podcast, I think. Having healthy boundaries is very important because if we do not have healthy boundaries, we are more at risk of what's called caregiver burnout. So it's going to in the same vein as someone that suffers from a work burnout, but from being a caregiver. So the caregiver 
and really loses their identity, their wishes, their needs, and their health is uh, very much so affected. So we need to have boundaries to for our identity, for our health, for the things that we want to do and our needs. I had actually spoken to a doctor with the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, Dr. Uh, Jeff Pedraza. And he had said, you know, really, and, and anybody that, you know, has, a, especially if you have a family member or if you have a loved one or a dear friend that is going through one of these me- mental health conditions, I mean, the, the, he, he basically nailed it down to three basic things that you need. And, and that's uh, one, you have to take care of yourself. You have to educate yourself. And uh, three, you have to have patience. Can't just be supportive of someone and just, of course, we all want someone to get well as soon as possible. But, you know, if, if, if you are if you're making the conscious choice to care and love for your loved one and do your best to help them through whatever they got going on, um, you, you really you got to be patient. You got to be able to really like stick through it. And you, you might not know how they feel at that moment but you you can imagine what it looks like so i mean it's really um having that core sense of patience um and empathy you know will really go a long way yeah that's a good point that i was going to ask that too is one uh just to touch base you had mentioned boundaries um you know how would one establish those boundaries first of all and then just to touch base on what Sentinel is saying is, from my own experience, there are going to be times when you're supporting someone, you're going to get frustrated, and that's perfectly normal. I mean, it, every person can only take so much, and but you can't look at that as you know a, a bad thing. It's normal. I don't know if you want to touch base on that, but frustration definitely can happen. And that's true. It's when we're dealing with being a caregiver, having frustration is very to have because if we don't really take care of ourselves, we get burnt out. And oftentimes we want to help. So we're altruistic where we want, we really want to help someone, but we need to develop healthy altruism. And the more burnt out we get, the more unempathetic we become, the more the behaviors are really starting to affect us, are becoming very strenuous on us, or we want to detach ourselves from that situation. Same way as someone that's getting burnt out from work. They don't want to go for, to work. They hate their job. They hate their coworkers. They hate the clients. They hate everything about it. It's because they're, they're too exhausted to see any positive emotions or positive things from their work. If we're being a, a caregiver, going through caregiver burnout, we're only seeing the illness. We're not seeing the person behind it. So self-care helps you see the person behind the illness because a person is not their illness. Their illness is a part of them, but it does not define who they are. Going back to those uh, boundaries, can you give some examples of like what you mean by uh, boundaries? Like uh, maybe something we can do or uh, how, how you would determine which ones to establish, I guess. Right. Okay. So boundaries really needs to be, put on your identity, health, 
your wishes and your needs. So our identity, who we who we are, or who who we were prior to the illness, often gets washed away when that illness comes around. We don't go out with our friends. We don't do the activities we used to do anymore because of the illness. So setting up boundaries for your identity of, I'm still going to continue uh, going to the gym or seeing my friends, doing the activities that I want to do, making that a priority. Same way for your health, taking care of your physical health, your psychological health. Your needs, making sure that your needs are fulfilled. And always be giving. You need to have things given in return. Need to be established for your protection. Caregivers can easily find themselves enmeshed with their ill relative and the illness. Mm -hmm. Identities easily become porous rather than well-defined. Wishes and the needs of the ill relative becoming the wishes and the needs of the caregiver. The boundaries needs to be developed regarding how much time is do, uh, doing for and thinking about the ill relative. Full attention needs to be paid to prevent involvement from becoming all-consuming. The result uh, for the caregiver can be isolation, burnout, depression, or ill health. Yeah, I understand now. I, I... Uh, first, I guess I thought you were talking about like uh, things between you and your family that you're trying to help out, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, giving them space or something like that. But you're actually talking about yourself and taking yeah. care of yourself so you can help them and making boundaries mm -hmm. so you don't lose yourself in the process. Exactly. You, you need to stay whole because the, the illness, whatever it may be, is going to be so consuming that you get lost in it. So those boundaries need to, to really be strong and they're going to be tested. <clears throat> so you need to be as invested in yourself as you are invested in the person you're trying to help. Exactly. So I've used uh, my metaphor for uh, being on a plane with a small child before. So I've used this on, on numerous times on the podcast. But the safety briefing you're taking off is saying parents with small children if there is a cabin leak masks are going to fall down from the ceiling and you need to put your mask on first before you put the mask on your child the parental instinct is to put it on your child problem is is if you're trying to do that you run the risk yourself passing out and not being able to help the child. So spending that extra amount of time, however short it may be, you need to take care of you so that you can take care of that other person. Pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much, Goku. I know, I know this one was not a, uh, one of our uh, uh, typical mental health topics. But it's one that's very important. I was just going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. We got another important one coming up uh, next month. We're going to have a couple um, returning guests, a very serious topic. Um, but thank you. Um, why don't we move on to our character analysis? Goku, who are we uh, talking about? Well, oh, who uh, suggests the ca this character? 
Chris. Was it Chris? Yeah, it was Chris's. All right, so we're going to be talking about Alice from the Resident Evil movie franchise. Cool movies. I'll give it that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I've only watched the first one, and that was years and years ago. So after reading, kind of doing all my research, I might have to go back and watch the other five. <laughs> many, how many are there, Chris? I think there are six or seven. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Five of them behind. Don't hold them what all is, too uh, close to the video game. <laughs> no, not at all. It's uh, always been one of those movies where my son will tell his friends, I, I can't go. I got to wait to see that with my dad. So it's always held a little special spot. For oh, that's, oh yeah. That's awesome. Nice. And the oh. evil games were the ones I started playing. Me too. You know, like yeah. PlayStation 2 and all that. Original PlayStation. Well, the first Resident Evil. That thing was yep. freaky. Yeah. Favorite uh, Resident Evil. How many load screens were in that game? Every time you open a door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My favorite part is when you had the 10-foot hallways. You'd open one door. There's the load screen. Stuck like the in the open. train. Go yeah. The the hall, there's the next one. It's like. Oh. <laughs> Dogs is all I remember. <laughs> all right, so hopefully I can do this character justice. So uh, there's quite a lot to pick from. So it's a very condensed and short summary of Alice and you know how short my summaries can be while I read long winded. So Alice, so the Resident Evil franchise known in Japan as Biohazard is a media franchise uh, created by Shinji Makami and Takuro Fujiwara. Uh, I'm probably butchering those names, but we'll move on. So, uh, and owned by uh, Capcom. The franchise focuses on survival horror, incorporates uh, games, live-action films, animation, comic books, novels, audio dramas. So, a lot of different media types. So, the first game was originally released on the PlayStation 1 in March 22nd, 1996. The latest game, Resident Evil 7, being released January 24th, 2017. It's amazing. This one was pretty sweet. It's Capcom's best-selling game franchise. Over 83 million copies sold worldwide. Now I'm kind of surprised by that because they own Street Fighter too. Come on. (laughs) Street Fighter is huge still. No. I'm surprised that was the biggest one. And all oh, kinds of things cool. going on. New one. <laughs> like, what, the, like the fourth or fifth version of Street Fighter V. <laughs> I think if you're into those games and, and, and the movies, it's kind of like mm-hmm. a like a cult following, you know? Mm-hmm. Stick with it. Probably why it so much. Mm-hmm. All right. Because people are constantly going back. The mm-hmm. film franchise, by the same name, really breaks off of the traditional survival horror roots. While the first one kind of had that vibe, the later ones are more of a action horror tone to the uh, games and are very loosely based on the games. So kind of really taking inspiration from the game world rather than the lore of it. 
So the movies are made by a German studio named Constantin uh, Films, starring uh, Mila jo- jo- Jovovich, who portrays Alice. I know. A especially- <laughs> you just growled. <laughs> On man, <It's> Mila. <laughs> Her husband did all the movies too, I believe. She's amazing. Yeah, uh, she's a character specifically made for the film series. So the first movie was released in 2002 uh, with five sequels, the latest being the final chapter released in 2016. So kind of going back into a small brief history of the world of the, the films. So the Umbrella Corporation, founding by a crusading scientist named Professor James Marcus, uh, he had a daughter, Alicia, who suffered from progeria. Driven to save her life, he recorded aspects of her to keep her for prosperity. However, a breakthrough came uh, through the form of the T-virus, which would repair damaged cells in the body. It was a miracle for the world, but came with unforeseen side effects, which is turning people into flesh-hungry zombies. So Marcus wanted to close down the program, but his business partner, partner Dr. Alexander Isaacs, wanted to cover it up. Marcus and Dr. Isaacs became the uh, legal guardian for Alicia. Uh, was by greed, he later created an AI called the Red Queen to handle the vast intricacies of the corporation and made the UI for that AI in Alicia's likeness. So in the film world, the last film, 10 years have spanned. So film one to film six kind of takes about 10 years. Uh, There was an outbreak in Raccoon City in an underground facility known as The Hive. Trying to stop the infection, the U.S. government bombed that city to no avail, and the airborne infection spread like wildfire, putting the human race uh, race at risk of extinction. So this is kind of the backdrop for the films. A lot of bad decisions. A lot of bad decisions. So who is Alice? So Alice worked for the Umbrella Corporation as head of security in a secret underground laboratory called the Hive. Uh, This is where the outbreak started. She managed to escape, but the virus infected her, bonding to her on a cellular level. This made her develop powers and made her unstoppable. She is now a fighter for the anti-umbrella resistance. But going back to to her origin, she's a clone, Alicia. This in the final chapter, where we hear of her being a clone created years ago, not having any past other than what her implanted memories tell her. These memories were recordings uh, Marcus had made of Alicia while she was dying in the hospital. Her DNA is based on Alicia, but a tweaked version of it in order to avoid Alicia. So her purpose was to protect the looking glass house. Her life was all a setup and a sham for the sake of uh, guarding the mansion. 
after the Raccoon City outbreak, Alice's abilities have made it made her aware of other T virus infected organisms. Uh, other abilities granted to her by the T virus are enhanced strength, resilience, agility, reflexes, and a- accelerated healing and recovery. At the end of the Apocalypse movie, Alice begins to develop telekinetic abilities. So she doesn't really have a sense of self. Uh, but it doesn't really seem to phase her. She has a purpose and follows this purpose to save humanity, even after the crippling news of her origin. With the Red Queen and Alicia, Alicia destroys, uh, destroyed the hive, umbrella, and unleashed the antivirus in the hopes of stopping the pandemic. So what are the psychological processes um, that we're looking at Alice, we're looking at self-identity and resilience. So we talk about a person's identity. Uh, we are talking about how they see themselves, things they associate with being who they are. Uh, we are not born with an identity. This is forged through our life experiences, and it ev- evolves, grows, and changes through our interactions with the world. With Alice, she has been implanted with an artificial identity. Knowing that she was born as a clone kind of shattered these implanted memories. However, her psychological resilience protected her against any devastating, uh, this devastating news. So resilience, how a person adapts trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant stressors. So in layman's terms, we call this bouncing back from adversity. This process is uh, not extraordinary, but something that is normal for all individuals. Everyone has the ability to be resilient. Sometimes for certain people, certain situations are too difficult to handle. These events involve emotional distress and resilience involves behaviors, thoughts, and actions can be learned and developed. So Alice, while the world is in complete chaos, is in control as she has a purpose in life. And that is to stop the Umbrella Corporation. So her whole being is specifically for that. Her self-efficacy is everything she does to stop them and save the world. This gives her peace with others, what one others would be in panic. Being a clone certainly helps with uh, this also. Her abilities gives her psychological strength that she's able to confront any situation that may arise. She's not helpless within the current world, um, but things were different. Uh, she may feel helpless and lost, uh, given the news of her life being a lie, her being a copy of someone. So while the Resident Evil films tend to be a little crazy and over the top, the story of Alice is uh, one that of someone that strives to complete a role that is the only one that they know. She's a strong female lead and shows that women are not only damsels in distress, they can have that leading role. And 
be as strong as their male counterparts. So hopefully I kind of did justice to the character. To the original Alicia. Uh, She was dying of progeria at the end of the uh, last movie. Yeah, she's she's still alive. She's still alive at the end one? I think uh, she's projected to be 25, which makes her look like she's 90. Okay. Uh, yeah, she can't. And she's still in the Umbrella Corporation. Yeah, so progeria is a disease where your cells and your body is aging faster than your actual age. Uh, Robin Williams made a really good progeria. Uh, it was called Jack. Remember that. You remember that. Robin Williams. I cheered up in that movie. That was a touching oh, movie. Man. It was hard not to tear up in that movie. I remember yeah. it. Benjamin Button, though. Oh, my God. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> Benjamin Button, actually, like, that got the wells going. At the very end, when he was a little kid and he gave the lady, you know, the, the girl a kiss as, like, a toddler. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm done. <laughs> so water works. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so... Moving on to the gaming news, uh, Sentinel, you were talking about No Man's Sky and the update. Oh my god, yes. yes. So, like I said earlier, I didn't have it before, but Hello Games, they they really focus on quality life improvements, and they, they finally took the leap into making it co-op, um, which was really the uh, what, what got me into it. Um, I mean... I was harassed by my friends to get it. So I did and uh, appreciate their harassment. It is so much fun. They, it's like, I don't even know how to, how to describe it. It's so much you can do. You can make your own world. The galaxy is huge. There's so many, if you're a loot finder, if you want to go and find different types of ships and like you have like your own freighter where you can store up to, um, six of your own ships and then you can hire frigates to go out on missions. It's like um, if anyone's played elite dangerous or anything like that, it's like combining that with Minecraft, <laughs> but the That's graphics, really what I was gonna but say. the <laughs> graphics are so amazing. I'm having a blast with it. Um, have a 4k HDR mode on that game. I'm pretty sure they do. I'm, I'm having a straight up blast with it. I'm really, enjoy- I'm playing it with our buddy raging Cajun. Uh, Big shout out to him and another guy named Burr. Um, they really kind of took me under their wing, showed me what to do and how to do it. Um, it's it's a big game and like there's I don't want there's a big story to it, but there are lots of different uh, primary missions. There are a bunch of different secondary missions. There's just a wide array of different things you can do, and it's just a really fun game. And it's it's very relaxing. Anyone who needs, I mean, because I mean, you, you know me, you know I'm a big battlefield guy and first person shooter guy. So like when when I play those types of games, that's what I'm doing for a couple hours, and it's so team oriented and hitting really objectives. Focused. You're really focused on you know tactics and whatnot. But this, you can do so many different things with it, and it's very calming. 
Like, you know, I, I work from home at least, you know, uh, at least two days a week. So I, I, I literally just have it on the entire time I'm working <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I, I take my little mental health break every couple hours for 15 minutes. So I hop in, do a quick mission or, you know, build something for my, my, my home base and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's, it's a really fun, relaxing game, uh, which I, uh, I really appreciate uh, I will. It's important to have games that are not as strenuous as a first-person shooter. Or yeah, absolutely. Um, you this know, is I over uh, game shoulder, back. I'm sorry. This is over-the-shoulder camera angles, right? Uh, it is. Yes, and uh, mm-hmm. like, and when when you're flying your ship, you can either do it from cockpit or you can do it uh, third-person outside of your ship and stuff like that. Now, this game came out a year ago. Right, uh, 2016 actually. Wow, that long ago. I am very happy for them. I didn't realize how long ago it had been, but they got this big surge of interest in it once they, uh, you know, since this update, since this recent update. Yeah, because the yeah. initial launch was really rocky. It was rough. And there, and, and there, there is there is one player who is um, uh, Polygon and GameSpot, all the uh, gaming news outlets picked it up. You, you find it on Twitter. You just search No Man's Sky, find the article. But there's this one guy. He's got three points time. He had almost four billion of in-game credits. Oh, my God. And so what he's doing is he's randomly hopping into people's games and like giving them hundreds of thousands of credits at a time them along he's just like randomly doing it like he uh he allegedly the other day spent 12 hours just he found over like 500 different people just giving them loads of cash specifically to like brand new players to help them get started which is really cool wow um, you know that's um the things about social gaming that I love, you know. I remember Dave when 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 you picked up Battlefield One. Me and me and Clint were showing you around and like what guns to buy and stuff like that. But that just kind of goes back to social gaming and um, how important it is. Um, a lot of fun. Now, is there a way to platinum this game for the Yo, completionists out there? Oh, I'm working on it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of unlock everything for it, but. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's really fun, really. Um, Platinum is probably a big grind. Uh, fairly, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's more of a fun grind um, for me. Their their trophies are really about attaining certain status for like uh, what they call alien encounters, finding you know meeting so many different aliens and interacting with them. Then there's another one for trading. There's another one for frigates and mission running and stuff like that so i'm really enjoying those it. types of games that are a little bit more relaxing compared to some of the other games like they were talking uh i remember a couple of years back when uh, i don't know if anyone played the game flower i yeah, I, va- it. I vaguely remember it i played it it's a it's not a long game but it's just a game that you can play and it's so relaxing kind of like Firewatch. Yeah, watch that or flower was good. I don't know if you guys played Journey at all. Journey, 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 Journey put indie games on the map. Mm-hmm. I think Journey is an amazing game. I got it when it was PS Plus a couple of years ago, one of the free games, and I I still have it downloaded under my PS4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Because a lot I of people would kind of dis discount those indie titles because while No Man's Sky is semi triple a it's still indie at heart 
Yeah, well, I mean, look at, you know, one gaming episode, one of the, the our first gaming episode we did on uh, Hellblade, that was an indie game. Mm-hmm. Um, and and look how far that has gone. I mean, it's, um, you know, but the, the best games are indies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love I love some of those um, exploration type games. They're a lot of fun. But um, just happy they did that a one eighty from the launch. Like, uh, and yeah, happy for them. It's, yeah, they, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Everything. <clears throat> One thing about Journey, the uh, soundtrack. You ever listen to it? So good. It's crazy. Oh yeah. And actually, so uh, you can listen to it on Spotify. <laughs> good old Spotify. Also for gaming news, um, it's not really gaming. It's more my sci-fi news at the star trek las vegas convention uh, patrick stewart uh, which was rumored as six months on and off patrick stewart is coming back as captain picard for the next star trek series and he was very very emotional um talking about it at the con in vegas and uh i have a little quote here and he in 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 Patrick Stewart's words, he said, he may not be a captain anymore. He may be someone who has been charged by his experiences. We have no scripts as yet. We're just talking, talking storylines. It will be something very different, but it will come to you with the same passion as he had before, you know, in the late 80s and early 90s. So, you know, I'm, I'm as a big Star Trek fan, I'm uh, super excited about it. And it's really neat, you know, someone at his age going back to the character, which made his fame, which you know, kind of put him on, on the map. You know, when when Star Trek: The Next Generation came out, like m- m- most of the cast, nobody's except for um, Will Wheaton because he was a child actor, and um, God, the guy that played Jordy, his name is blanking on me, but he Reading did. Rainbow, uh, man. Yeah, exactly. He did uh, Reading Rainbow for so long, but you know, it was kind of neat to see him kind of go back go back to those roots. God damn it! I I want to see him as a. Uh... You know, like a senile, mean Captain Picard, like really mean to everybody and out of control, kind of like he was Professor X in the Wolverine movie. I thought he died in the series. Uh, Chat says it's Burton. LeVar Burton. Yes, LeVar Burton. Burton. Thank you, Chat. I don't know why I blanked on it. But yeah, no. I mean, I mean, his, his original, his uh, Captain Picard in that first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation, like he hated kids. Absolutely despised them. So, you know, it's kind of neat to see him, you know, evolve during the series. And uh, I'm really excited to see him uh, come, come back to Star Trek. He, he was like a uh, ladies' man on that ship, too. I remember that. Like every <laughs> he was a Star Trek captain Star Trek. was. Come on. <laughs> I don't There's know. two I, things about I, I a Star Trek them. movie. <laughs> One, the captain is like a ladies' man or however you want to put it. And... The guy with no name wearing a red shirt going to the planet is never coming back. Oh, hell no. <laughs> How old is he now? Oh, he's got to be. 70s. He's got to be in his, in his 70s. Well, one of his best friends is. um, What's his name? Uh, Guys in Lord of the Rings. The guy that played. Yeah. E. McKellen is one of his like best friends. It's funny seeing like their pictures on Twitter. Him. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The steward uh, is 78 years old. Oof. Looks wow. pretty good for his age. I'm ready. Does it's, it, it's probably all the Earl Grey tea. And Ian McKellen is 79. Damn, awesome. The other thing I had, you know, I watched Walking Dead for a while, 
but I, I, I haven't watched. I'm several seasons behind. Um, yeah, same here. <laughs> and so uh, the the one of the main uh, antagonists, his name's Negan. He's like this ruthless guy, ruthless gang leader, basically. He's going to. Yeah, he's a douchebag. He's going to be in. <laughs> he's going to be in Tekken 7 as a character. Um, I don't get that. See, now that's why I put it in there. Because I wanted to see how the rest of you feel about them putting TV and movie characters in fighting games like that. Not like Tekken. Well, they did it. I mean, they did it way just, back in uh, Soul Calibur 2. They had they Link did. and Spawn. Uh, it wasn't Soul Calibur 2. It was they, Mortal it Kombat X. They yeah, had the Predator, they had Jason Voorhees, they had a bunch mm. of... Yeah, but that was way back like, in the GameCube. Yeah, but Tekken. Tekken had, like, uh, I think it was Darth Vader for the PlayStation, it was Yoda for the... Uh... No, that wasn't Tekken. Well, wasn't that Tekken? That was Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur 4. Yeah. Right now, Ghost So Recon Yoda was and... Xbox... Link was for GameCube, huh. and uh, that was Soul Calibur 2 for Link, and then Spawn, I think, was on the PlayStation? You're Googling for... this right now, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> Vader was the PlayStation, I'm pretty sure. For Soul Calibur 4, <laughs> as Spawn was PlayStation for Soul Calibur 2. I don't know. As far as you know, bringing movie characters and this and that, it, it obviously it's been a trend going on for a, a decade now, if not you know two decades. Mm-hmm. I think they could well, be think- a little picky, choosy, but Negan being an attacking. You know, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that's so hypey because like he's like become this popular character in the the walking dead franchise but he's not like he he's no darth vader Mm-mm. he's you know I mean, like he's i don't think negan will be a name people will remember 10 years from now he's if that makes I, sense i mean i watch i watch go ahead i was just gonna say uh it may be because the region you know the game's most popular and show might be just as popular. Yeah, you know. Because I can get certain fighting games uh, putting in certain characters like Battletoads and Killer Instinct or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. fit within that world. Yeah, I mean that 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 kind of fits because I mean, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was you know it was a, a comic and a um, a game before. You know, be- before it was a movie or anything, um, you know, and, and you know, I, I also, I also play the most recent Ghost Recon, but you know, they, they had a Predator mission in it where you don't play as a Predator, but you try to awesome. hunt him down. And I played it, and I that was a great mission. It was a great way to kind of meld those two worlds. But th- then they followed it up with a mission on Sam, sure, which uh, obviously a gaming character. No, I was just curious what, what you guys all thought about that. I think Negan as a antagonist character, he was really good, and I think he, you know, it's like it's 
it has yeah. its following, but it's not like nothing crazy. Sure. But it, it's, whatever it, they do with Deegan, it's gonna be bloody because that guy was mm-hmm. out of control. Right. Yeah, because I sure. stopped watching before the most season. violent stuff that you will ever see in a video game now. Yeah. Sure, Joe. I think I think you had some other gaming. Down. Yeah, I did. No, I, I added, oh, that, I added oh, a few things uh, okay. kind of going on this week. You guys follow the uh, big story that's going on with uh, IGN? I did not. No. Okay, so little you know little posts here and there. And that's about it. So there's a new game uh, by indie developer out called Dead Cells. So a new Metroidvania game for I think it's for the Switch. And apparently he's getting rave reviews. And the and then uh, reviewer for IGN, uh, I don't have his name offhand here, uh, was accused by a YouTuber called called Boomstick Game Boomstick Gaming of plagiarizing his review of the game. Hmm. And IGN pulled their review, fired the reviewer. Okay, I did see that. And um, former editor kind of made a apology video, not really apologizing, saying that he pretty much didn't plagiarize it. No, I I followed that. Yeah, they uh, they suspended him. I don't think they fired him yet, and they pulled the oh, article. They, they fired until- him the investigations over uh no, they they fully fired him uh, as of a couple days ago well yeah i haven't seen it you know in that time frame i only saw it when it first broke uh there's only so much you can write about a video game i mean come on i mean i know they said there was a lot of similarities and but you're writing about the same game you're both going to be crossing over <laughs> the same material and that's true and i watched the video from boomstick gaming kind of comparing and time stamping what he was saying and when it was said and they were matching up word for word on the exact almost second of the video so it was something that i was that obvious I was kind of really caught off by surprise for that. Somebody we know, like somebody we. No, it's uh, his name was uh, Philip Miuchin. The question would be like, does he talks about Destiny? <laughs> no, he was a reviewer for Nintendo. Oh, well, that be all right then. Yeah, he doesn't matter then. <laughs> <laughs> but on a, a lighter topic, did you guys see the? New limited edition PS4. Oh, what is it? The 500th million PlayStation. Mm-hmm. 500th millionth PlayStation. So, so what, what do they do to it? So they're going back to late 90s through plastic. <laughs> awesome. So a blue see-through plastic PS4 Pro with uh, a gold badge on it. They're kind of making a limited edition run with controller, PlayStation camera, and you can have a um, PlayStation gold headset and that blue translucent plastic as well. 
celebrating the um, it's a, the the achievements. It's a two terabyte drive too. I think so yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be a piece. A pretty big milestone: five hundred million consoles. That's 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 quite a bit. I think they. Still I think that was everyone, right? I don't know if, if it was five hundred million PS4s or PlayStations in total. I'm not sure, but I, I think they're still the leading console seller. Oh yeah, by pretty large. Yeah, it's five hundred million PlayStations total. So it's, Jesus, it's, that's a lot. So, but it's one, two, three, and four. But still, that's a lot. Quite a bit. Why don't we move on to some uh, community news? Joe, why don't you tell everyone uh, fifth and final stream for 2018 coming up? Yeah, recently we just announced in our uh, server, uh, our event server, that uh, we're going to be joining up with uh, Checkpoint.org for November 3rd, I believe, we're looking at. This will be our final stream for the year. Uh, We've had a fantastic year of awareness and benefit you know, slash charity streams all year long. We've gotten a great amount of support and we wanted to wrap the year up with a uh, real nice one. And checkpoint.org, we covered a few episodes ago as our mental health organization shout out. We're still etching the details and everything on that stream. So we'll have more information pretty soon on that. We'll be announcing that on Twitter and everywhere else very shortly. Yes, absolutely. But since we have Chris here, Chris, you were our um, our boots on the ground at in Tampa for Guiding Con this year. Why don't you give us a little how it was and what you did, how you met and whatnot. How was the humidity? Uh, oh. <laughs> so from Boston <laughs> to Tampa. Don't you want to live in the south of me, pal? <laughs> like instant slime. I mean, just you walked outside and it was like, it's it, a, it was. It's a shock oh. leaving the airport and those double doors slide open. And you're just like, <gasps> I can't breathe. You're like, holy crap! I need a shower. I'm in a dryer. That was my excuse for drinking so much. But so. <laughs> you do the same thing in Massachusetts, though. You're not supposed to tell them that part. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was amazing. It was very humbling. And we had having people chase me around to take a picture to get a pin or something. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, so I spent a lot of time uh, in Odyssey Alley. Spent a lot of time talking to the guys from Gotti and Radio. Uh, just a lot of connections and was uh, humbled by the, the support and people coming up and, you know, recognizing the shirt. Uh, saying thing, you know, saying kind words, and when somebody asked me to sign something, I was like, "So it was this very valet? strange." Am I signing? What, yeah, what do you want me to sign? <laughs> Steal my checkbook, did you? Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, it was very cool. It was very cool. Awesome. I, I got to meet so many people, and like I said, uh, you know, people really took time to uh, express their support and uh, express their interest in getting involved in future projects. Um, and it, and it uh, also one thing I did notice is, you know, we need, you know, there needs to be something done there as far as, you know, something for an avenue for people to have resources that may need it. 
we we uh we need to get an AFK room there. Something like that. Yeah. We're working on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean uh you know um, day two I sent out that tweet and you know I got hit on my phone. I remember that. Very quickly I ended up with four or five. Just so uh day two I uh I made everyone wait to go to the party to make sure I was the last one there and the doors were locked before I left. It's awesome. Every, everyone respected that and everyone complimented me on Sarah. So I think they hung out with me because they actually liked Sarah, not me. But uh, <laughs> I don't blame them. Yeah, me neither. She's, she's an amazing person, even though she's only 4'11 and a half. Um, really? <laughs> see, see that short? She's short. Yeah. It, the feet, she only has size six shoes and she's heavy chested. I tell her all the time, I don't know how she doesn't just fall over. She she defies gravity every day. Hilarious. Like a, Let me tell you an old uh, an old an old an old Boston joke. You know, you you ask him, you know, hey, who 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 is the tallest president? Link, you know, Abraham Lincoln. You're like, no, he was sh- <laughs> only Boston boys will get that. No, but it, it was very cool. I'm so glad you had such a good time. Um, you know, if you were to describe social experience there in one word, what what word would you use? Welcoming. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I would. I. Yeah, and I would say, kind of like a hyphenated word, but for all, like it's so diverse. Yeah. The you know you see. Uh, people there with their young kids. You see, you know. You know Young adults, you see, you know, kids that are, you know, seniors in high school, college students, you got working professional, blue collar guys, white collar guys, guys and gals of all, you know, colors, uh, sizes, and ethnic backgrounds. It's very, very diverse. And um, it's anyone that's never been to any kind of gaming convention, um, I, I highly recommend you do it at least once. Um, and that's another thing, like, <laughs> If you ever tell a coworker that you go into con who doesn't know about gaming, they're like, "Oh, it's a video game convention, like video gaming." And be like, "Well, well, it's just one game." I know it seems no, weird, right? <laughs> not anymore. But I gotta more. Yeah, I, well, I gotta tell right. you, uh, Bungie like uh, was amazing, <laughs> and you know I got to spend some a little bit of time talking to DMG. Um, it's good. They that what they put out was amazing. Uh, that setup for Gambit, all that. I mean, they didn't have to do that. You know, they weren't obligated, or uh, that no. had to have cost them well, a fortune. Well, well, th- this year I think was the first year that they were that involved. With it. Um, two years ago, second one, which is where GuardianCon really kind of popped up a lot, and I think Cosmo went to that one to meet people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one I went to last year, like Deej and Cosmo both came out and they, you know, kind of, I think oh, as every year that goes by, they get more and more involved. Um, there was, there was a lot of staff there from Bungie and I mean, there, I, I forget how many computers, but it was, it was a lot that had to have cost them a small fortune. Plus they had the store set up, but they, they had other games there too, which may be yeah. why they were trying to step up their game. But, uh, it might be a PR, you know, control from what was going on earlier. But either way, uh, they definitely did an amazing job. And 
uh, were taking pictures with everyone and they had a poster set up so people could uh, post, you know, selfies with characters and stuff. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're, they're very, very welcoming people. They're very open when you can actually you know, talk to them and whatnot. And, uh, it, you know, I think every one of them was in the auto sale buying up everything. They showed so much appreciation for community artists and um, really went out of their way to, to spend time to get to know them and, and, you know, to purchase, you know, art of the game that they love and created. So I thought that was pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, obviously, and Warframe was there and Fortnite, all that. Um, so, and one other, th- one other thing I was impressed, no matter how big of, you know, as you think somebody is, um, everybody took time to, to say hello. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, like, at the end of the, Lupo, at the, end of the day, all of them were talking to people. And they all, yeah. At the end of the day, they're all just people. But I think more often than not, you'll find people are just very, very down to earth. Awesome. Well, we're glad you had a great time. We're more, we're more glad that Sarah had a great time. <laughs> um, her and all the munchkins. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dave, you had our content creator of the week. Did, uh, who'd you pick this week? Uh, yeah, uh, this week I wanted to talk about uh, Austin Weirdo. Uh, he's friends with Goku. That's how I met him. I played with him a few times. Sh- shouldn't that automatically disqualify him with that caveat? Usually <laughs> it would, but uh, while I was in vacation... You? vacation i noticed that he uh jumped into the discord and he mm-hmm. pretty much steamrolled into being one of our best supporters and, uh, and he's he's kind of helped out to launch the uh community the community the first thing 14 uh making plans with you guys and whatnot like i wasn't active but i was watching so i wanted to mention him uh for everybody to go check him out he's uh just getting started streaming uh trying to get to 100 now so let's go help him out go follow him uh he's uh austin weirdo core on twitter you want to follow him on that and uh austin weirdo on uh so go check him out cool the great addition of the community yeah he's a um he's a good guy we we had actually created the the uh, Saint Fourteen Project Twitch community a while back, but it just kind of sat there dormant because we we had so much going on at the time, so we weren't sure. What we were but uh, you know, he kind of g- definitely gave us the nudge to get that going again and, and you know, make that an integral part. I of, forgot uh, about it until you brought it up. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you know, we already made. I was like what Twitch community? <laughs> I was like, like, you know, when I when I mentioned it, I just got shot down. But Austin Weirdo comes in, I'm like, oh yeah, it's an amazing idea. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an innovator. No, uh, <laughs> no, but he's a good, good guy. And he, Dave, you say he's just twitch.tv slash Austin Weirdo. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. No underscore on Twitch. Underscore on Twitter. Yeah, uh, people go go find him, follow him, check him out, uh, help him get that uh, uh, affiliate. He's a cool dude. Yeah, real good dude. Uh, I play wow. with uh, with him on Destiny most nights, so if you're checking out a stream, chances are I'll be on there as well. And chances Let's are play. if they're on, they drag me in with them. <laughs> hey, we we beat uh, Spire the other night. So. 
We beat Spire and you guys dragged me into Prestige Nightfall last night and I had no idea it was Prestige until we got halfway through. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, we beat oh, a man, well, well, I mean, well, I mean, you're a Titan. I mean, I had it, it, it doesn't even matter for the Solstice going into it because I thought it was a regular Nightfall. I am, I'll be honest, I'm really lost on Solstice. Like, I, I haven't got anything. I it's haven't a lot progressed. of grinding. Yeah, there's too much to do. When you're on and and I'm on, I'll help you some stuff, Dave. (laughs) I just haven't had much time, but kind of looking at Forsaken as like the reset point for me. Like, let's get let's get started again. You know, it's all gonna be very very helpful to have that 400 armor Forsaken drops because you're gonna need that. You're gonna need that light. (laughs) So yeah, just to touch on Forsaken. Has the reveal stream, well, not reveal stream, but the um, crucible stream. They had the uh, two trailers coming out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone, uh, if everyone saw all of them. I only saw one. For me, the, the first trailer was interesting. The um, crucible one was interesting as well, but the dreaming city really piqued my attention. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, that um, I think that kind of, I think that kind of wraps us up this week. Um, Chris, uh, thanks for coming. We're so glad we finally got you on. We'll definitely have you back. Um, where can people find you on the internet and whatnot? Uh, pretty much, it's uh, just it's Chris thirty seven eleven everywhere. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, Discord. Uh, Twitter is Chris thirty seven eleven underscore. Um, Awesome. Um, well, again, thank you all for joining the project this week. Uh, if you want to find us on the internet, uh, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, uh, just at Saint14Projects. If you want to hit us with an email, if you want to get involved, or if you have any questions, or, or if you just need some help, you can shoot us an email at uh, Saint14Project at gmail.com. We have a Discord that's pinned on our Twitter page, which is also pinned, posted, on our awesome website that Joe won't tell you about because he's gone. Uh, St. 14 Project. It's uh, St. 14 Project uh, dot com. There's resources on there. I think we're starting to add some of uh, Goku's character analysis on there. Um, we're going to be doing that pretty soon. There's resources. There's links to our Discord, links to um, some of the causes that we... Um, that we help with. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, Podbean, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, Google Play, all sorts of different uh, ways you can listen to us. Uh, Dave, where, where, where can people find you? You can find me as Hatchy Dave on Twitter, and that's about it right now. And PSN every now and then when I have time. <laughs> and myspace.com forward slash bedroom DJ. It's still on a work in progress. I, I'm bringing it back though. <laughs> Only farmers. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> Doctor Goku, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me. Oh my god! Everywhere on the same handle at ssj 5 goku 28 on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, or Discord. Much everywhere I'm at that handle. Awesome! 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 Um, and Joe. Uh, Joe, Joe's got like farmer's internet right now. 
Yeah, um, he has gremlins. Gremlins. He, he said he lost power. Oh, he's got gremlins. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, but he, he can. You can. Power. You can find him on um, basically everywhere. It's uh, Average Joe two two seven. It's A V G Joe two two seven. Um, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, I think he's on. Yeah, he's on Instagram now. Uh, he, he's in a bunch of discords, just like the rest oh, of yeah, us. Oh yeah, Instagram. And and now on Planet Destiny. And that, and you can find him on Planet Destiny, which is just at Destiny News underscore Net, and you'll find his articles they post there. Uh, and I'm Sentinel Dad or Alex. Uh, you can find me um, basically everywhere. Uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter at Sentinel Dad extra D on the end. Uh, I'm also a Twitch affiliate at stream uh, Twitch.tv slash Sentinel Dad. I'm on Instagram. You can send me an email, Discord everywhere, just at Sentinel Dad. Um, but thank you all. This was an awesome show. Thanks for coming again, Chris. Um, but Thanks, uh, oh, and next week, we're going to have some awesome guests. We are going to have um, from Focus Fire Chat, Green Eye Music Lover. She's awesome. And she's a badass Crucible player. Yeah, she is. Um, <laughs> and we're going to have uh, Belle Bunny from the, the founder of the Dames of, Dames of Destiny. Belle? She's going to be on, too. So. These so, are yeah, surprises even awesome. to me. I did not know this. It's because it's you don't read. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, thank you all for joining the project, and we will see you all later. <laughs>